Welcome to day 299. Oh, so close uh, to day 300, but we'll have to save that uh, for another day as we do it. We've been um, in our third season together in uh, Shaped by the Word, uh, the story of uh, the prophets. I'm Paul here with David and Cindy as we continue through Ezekiel. We've just begun a section um, you know, where uh, God is pronouncing his judgment on Egypt. He's pronounced his judgment on nations, showing his sovereignty over nations and how he will call every nation into account uh, and, and judge them uh, before he restores Israel. And once again, not only has he pronounced uh, the judgment coming on Egypt because of her pride and because she has exalted herself, uh, but we have a, a lament or a funeral dirge. Uh, you know, for uh, you know, for Egypt in chapter thirty. So we close out the week with a uh, with a lament over the loss uh, of a great nation and in a great people who look to themselves and look to false gods rather than looking, you know, to God Himself. So before we read, as we all always do, we realize what a privilege it is to hear God's word and to know that He is working far deeper than just to inform us with you know, past history of Israel and of Egypt and of Tyre and of uh, Sidon and the nations around us. And he's giving us a reflection of not only who we are, uh, but who he is and how his grace meets us where we are. So before we read, we offer ourselves in the moment to the Lord. So Cindy, do you mind doing that for us? No, don't mind. Father, we do offer ourselves to you. Um, we thank you for um, what you've given us in your word. You've given us so much. Uh, Father, may we read this. May our eyes and ears of our heart be open to understanding. But more than that, Father, may we just um, take these words and and apply them to our, our life, Lord. May they be um, a source of encouragement or, Father, conviction of sin, wherever you need to, to teach us and guide us, Lord. We thank you for that work because of your Spirit in us, and it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Ezekiel chapter 30, And the word of the Lord came to me, Son of man, prophesy and say, This is what the Sovereign Lord says, Well, and say, Alas for that day, for the day is near, the day of the Lord is near, a day of clouds, a time of doom for the nations. Sword will come against Egypt, and anguish will come upon Cush. When the slain fall in Egypt, her wealth will be carried away, and her foundations torn down. Cush and Libba, Lydia, and all of Arabia, Cub, and all the people of the covenant land will fall by the sword along with Egypt. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. The allies of Egypt will fall, and her proud strength will fail. From Migdal to Aswan, they will fall by the sword within her, declares the Sovereign Lord. They will be desolate among desolate lands, and their cities will lie among ruined cities. They will know that I am the Lord when I set fire to Egypt, and all their helpers are crushed. On that day, messengers will go out from me in ships to frighten Cush out of her complacency. Anguish will take hold of them on the day of Egypt's doom, for it is sure to come. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. I'll put an end to the hordes of Egypt by the hand of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon. He and his army, the most ruthless of nations, will be brought in it to destroy the land. They will draw their swords against Egypt and fill the land with the slain. I will drop the waters of the Nile and sell the land to an evil nation. By the hand of foreigners, I will lay waste the land and everything in it. I, the Lord, have spoken. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. I will destroy the idols and put an end to the images in Memphis. No longer will they be a prince in Egypt, and I will spread fear throughout the land. 
I will lay waste Upper Egypt, set fire to Zoan, and inflict punishment on Thebes. I'll pour out my wrath on Pelusium and the stronghold of Egypt and wipe out the hordes of Thebes. I will set fire to Egypt. Pelusium will writhe in agony. Thebes will be taken by storm. Memphis will be in constant distress. The young men of Helopolis and Bubastus will fall by the swords. The cities themselves will go into captivity. Dark will be the day of Tophanes when I break the yoke of Egypt and her proud strength will come to an end. She'll be covered with clouds and her villages will go into captivity. So I'll inflict punishment on Egypt so they will know that I am the Lord. So there is, you know, the lament, you know, against Egypt and the pronouncement, you know, of judgment, you know, against her very thorough and naming, you know, all the major cities and all the major fortified, you know, outposts of Egypt one by one, how they'll uh, be reduced, you know, be reduced to nothing. And of course, mm-hmm. this is a nation who has proudly opposed God from the very, you know, beginning, mm-hmm. you know, of the, of the chapters, uh, you know, in Exodus and has been a part of you know, Israel's story. And of course, we read yesterday that uh, they would look back at Egypt and, and mourn the confidence that they had placed in her and it would forever be a symbol of, you know, their rebellion against God and their trust in other nations and alliances uh, rather than in and the God of Israel. I feel like I'm almost saying the same thing sometimes, but it is just so wild to see just the recurring theme of, of pride in the heart of these nations leading to their destruction. And even as we read, you know, yesterday, they, you know, the Nile, you know, I made the Nile, it's mine. And then right here, you know, the Lord in, in his judgment on them, I will dry up the waters of the Nile. It's like, you think you have all this control and all this might and, I'll just dry it up real fast and we see who the, the true God is and, and, and the one that we should truly, you know, fear in a good way and look at and behold with, with awe is not Egypt, even though they might've been so grand on the earth, but it it's the creator of the earth, which would be God. No, and, and you're right. You know, as we move through the prophets, uh, we, these, these themes are over and over again, and they're kind of mm-hmm. woven into, you know, the story of the prophets. And, you know, we're reminded, you know, uh, that these are truths that you don't just hear once and internalize. We need to hear them over again. We need to be confronted with them over again. And and things like, you know, pride are not just passing issues, you know, with us. There are issues, you know, that we confront uh, not only uh, every day, but in so many moments in every day where we move our confidence away from, you know, the God. Mm-hmm. who created us to ourselves or to our things or to things around us. So these are these are recurring themes, and these are themes that are worthwhile for us to to talk about them often, to hear about mm-hmm. them often, to read about them often, you know, as we're reading through Scripture because they are so deeply ingrained in who we are in the heart of who we are uh, that we need the constant reminder. Mm-hmm. You know, it starts out with um, – the sovereign Lord saying, and then we see for the day of the Lord is near. And we always, when we hear that, are reminded that judgment is coming, that, you know, the day of the Lord. And and then yet it ends in 19, um, and they will know that I am the Lord. And so I, I just appreciate that he is sovereign. He, he you know, is a judge. Um, he won't be mocked. And that, you know, all will witness this or be destroyed at his hand, but ultimately he will be Lord. So. Yeah, and there are, you know, there are, you know, two ways that we will ultimately know that the Lord is Lord. 
will either know him through judgment and know that he is the Lord who can yeah. call us into account you know, for who we are and how we have you know, lived our lives, or we can know him in salvation and know mm-hmm. that he is the Lord who is merciful and compassionate, slow to anger mm-hmm. and abounding in love. And, uh, you know, so the suit, you know, the two options, you know, lie, lie in front of us. And, of course, that's the tragedy of the story of Israel to this point, mm-hmm. as they had been introduced to God who is a merciful and compassionate God, you know, slow to anger and abounding in love. And yet they constantly, you know, turned against him and turned mm-hmm. away from him and experiences, experiences judgment. Mm-hmm. I'm always, you know, reminded of, you know, uh, Jim Hamilton's book, you know, God's Glory and Salvation and Judgment. And those are the two ways he mm-hmm. is glorified. You know, one in judging sin because he is a holy God and he stands against everything, mm-hmm. you know, that robs his creation of the glory he created it to experience. Mm-hmm. And then uh, also in his mercy, you know, he has proven as, as a, a God beyond our expectations who, who is for his creation, for the height of his creation, for you and me, mm-hmm. and desires to restore in us everything he created us for. Mm-hmm. Well, the thing we can be praying for ourselves and, and for our people and even for those in our lives that don't know the Lord, that they would know him in his mercy and not in his judgment. Yeah, Absolutely. That is, as the writer of Hebrews said, it's a bitter thing to fall into the hands of mm-hmm. you know, God's judgment. All that, and it is a sobering, sobering thought. Mm-hmm. Father, we thank you for a, another week in your word. We thank you for the time we have together. We thank you for the community we read in. Uh, we thank you mm-hmm. for uh, four themes that you know are, are constant among the prophets and constant in our reading for constant reminders of our pride and the need to humble ourselves before you, of judgment and the fact that our our sins are deserving of your wrath, more than anything else, of salvation, that you uh, poured out all the judgment we deserve on Christ Jesus so that we might have his life in us. May we honor you in everything we do. It's in your holy name we pray. Amen. Amen.